Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sitting in for Rich, it's Kirk Morrison. Hour number two here on the Rich Eisen Show. Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich. So excited uh, to get to talk to our next guest because we knew about the Panthers and what they were going to do at pick number one. But the NFL draft for a lot of folks, especially I think us here, myself included, the draft really started at pick number two last night. The Houston Texans held that card for pick number two. What would they do? Well, they went out and with all the smoke and mirrors that we heard before was all flamed out as they went and drafted C.J. Stroud, the quarterback from Ohio State. They weren't done there. They went and traded back from where they were at pick 12. They get back up to number three and they get Will Anderson Jr., a guy who covered all of it. He saw it all happening. He's Brooks Cabina. He is the uh, reporter, beat reporter from the Houston Chronicle who covers the Houston Texans and Brooks, just kind of take me through that 2-3 pick of last night and how it all kind of went down for you. Yeah, Kirk, what a what a crazy night for the Texans. It's easily the uh, biggest trade on draft day for the franchise. And uh, I'm talking with uh, other people around just in its context in Houston, probably the biggest draft day trade since the Oilers traded up for Earl Campbell. Wow. Um, it, it's, it's, it's just the, uh, one of the contexts around this scenario is the, you know, the, the Texans the last couple of years have just been mired in uh, just a couple of miserable four-win seasons, and you're going into a, a process here with um, you know, a, a general manager, Nick Casario, who is on his third head coach in three seasons with the Nico Ryans and. Uh, throughout the draft process, um, you know, it had been clear that there seemed to be a, a tier between the two quarterbacks. I mean, a, a tier between the uh, pool of quarterbacks, Correct. I say, with Bryce mm-hmm. Young, uh, C.J. Stroud, and then the rest. And it, there was never any indication to me that the Texans didn't like Bryce Young, didn't like C.J. Stroud. It, it appeared to be just a matter of who was available. So going into the draft, it was really um, um, between – me and my own uh, my beat partner Jonathan Alexander. There, there had been information we had gathered throughout the week prior that there was more information being gathered about C.J. Stroud leading up to the draft. Nick Casario said last night that um, that that's what they had done. They, they went all the way up to the uh, all up all the way up until the draft day, uh, making their decision about Stroud. And I think some of the silence kind of circulated about what exactly they were going to do. And, of course, convention says that, number two, um, you're going to have to make your choice between uh, one of the top quarterbacks available or the best non-quarterback available. And uh, they decided, why not both? And it was a <laughs> stunning move to uh, all of Houston. They had a huge draft party at a place called the Miller Outdoor Theater in downtown Houston. And the place just went bonkers. Uh, we had several reporters there, and there are videos there just showing Houstonians react to that, and 
there are analytics that I've seen that evaluate draft picks. There's also obviously the Jimmy Johnson chart that shows what the Texans gave up may not match the exact value of what there is. And that's certainly a debate to be had, but uh, for the Texans to bring in the, the, one of the top quarterbacks, some might argue, uh, a 1A to 1B to Bryce Young out of this draft, and a defensive player that, and the defensive-minded D'Amico Ryans, who engineered the best defense in the NFL last year, um, this is a team that's plugged in two significant upgrades on a team uh, that should be much better than it was last year. You uh, energized uh, not only the team, but fan base around it. I mean, this is an organization who has seen visiting fan bases outnumber their own at home far too many times in the past couple of years. And it's significant to think about Casario in the context that he can't guarantee that he would be in position to draft whoever it would be next year. Uh, they've now, um, I mean, he's been defined by his trades. I mean, the Deshaun Watson trade was the biggest thing about his career. Right. And gave him three more first-round picks among the six that they returned from the Browns. And by expending pretty much all of them at this point, uh, he's accelerated the expectation for the return on his investment. So this is a big move, and uh, we'll see how this works out as in history, depending on how much it goes. But for now, this, this uh, I asked Nick Casera why he was comfortable pulling the trigger on that trade um, in this context, using that those picks. And so well, you can acquire trade. You, you can acquire draft picks all you want, and then you just have to decide when how to use them. They're just as mm-hmm. much uh, trade assets as they are draft picks. So this is uh, two. These are two players that they had conviction on, and of course, Will Anderson was the one they traded for. But um, that's how it all went down. You know, Brooks, the uh, Houston Astros they won the World Series. The Houston Rockets have been sort of in a rebuild. Now they're looking for a new head coach. And then the Houston Texans, you mentioned the last four seasons, they have, you know, losing seasons. I felt like these picks, two and three, I, I saw the headline, the two, three punch of now CJ Stroud and Will Anderson Jr. These are two faces of the city now, not just of the football team, but two faces of the city where now it can be defined by its football team. This to me tells me that the rebuild is now over, that this is now about retooling and making this team compete in the AFC South. Yeah, I would say that your uh, assessment is correct there, Kirk. I mean, this is a team that um, finally um, got past its salary cap problems. It, I mean, they had the largest dead money hit in the NFL the last year and was pretty high up the year before. So they, this was the first free agency cycle where they were able to add pieces that will fill their holes uh, on, on the roster and the depth chart. So when you add that kind of talent, you are then looking for the key players that will elevate the team. And that's exactly what um, these two players can do. I mean, obviously, you know, the Texans, like any team, know that no position is more integral to the success of a team than a quarterback. And C.J. Stroud is, I mean, that, that was kind of one of the things that I, just from talking to people at the Combine, at the Pro Days, uh, weeks leading up to this, the, 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 the context around C.J. Stroud, it was surprising to me because we were talking about two quarterbacks in Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud who are from Blue Blood programs yeah. who mm-hmm. had about as good a numbers as anybody had in a, in a draft. I mean, I think he had 87 touchdowns and 12 interceptions in two years. And he, he looked 
I mean, just digging through his film and watching up and talking to other people. I mean, he called himself a ball placement specialist. I mean, mm-hmm. his, his accuracy is completely on key. And, I mean, uh, to put someone in that situation in an offense that has Damian Pierce in the backfield, they yep. had Devin Singletary in free agency. I mean, their wide receiver core is uh, right now Robert Woods, John Mechie, and Nico Collins in the core of it. I mean, I think that needs some upgrades, too, in depth. But this is a team that's ready for um, its elite talent. So stepping in there, Will Anderson's going to do the same on the defensive edge. And we know what D'Amico Ryan's can do in the defense. So, um, I mean, again, as I said previously, this is is a team that's uh, trying to uh, become relevant again. And a lot of the Texans fans had kind of gone into protective dormancy, and they all came out last night. So there are a lot of things behind this. Um, but these are two great players who are going to be at the front in the face of this franchise, for sure. Mm-hmm. Texans beat writer for the Houston Chronicle, Brooks Cabina, joining the Rich Eisen Show. Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich. You can also follow him on Twitter at BCubina, K-U-B-E-N-A, on Twitter. And... You know, Brooks, obviously, C.J. Stroud's pick number two. And we're going to ask this question. I know you're going to ask uh, D'Amico Ryans and Nick Casario, but there is a quarterback right now still currently on the roster in Houston named Davis Mills, who started the last couple of seasons. What does this now mean for Davis Mills? Is he sort of the starter to start this thing off? Or is it a true competition between C.J. Stroud and David Mills? It would surprise me if C.J. Stroud is not the – person taking the first snap in the first game. Davis Mills was a third-round pick, the first selection ever by Nick Casario out of Stanford, and you know he went into that season, and it was Tyrod Taylor in 2021. Um, they wanted to see him develop over time. Um, he had a pretty good ending uh, through the last five games of the 21 season, uh, and remember that was when David Coley was the head coach. Tim Kelly, right. uh, former offensive coordinator, was there. Um, part of what they tried to do after uh, the Texans fired Coley and uh, elevated Pep Hamilton, who was the quarterback coach at the time, was giving them the opportunity to see what they had in Davis Mills and giving him the best scenario with you know, consistency with Hamilton, who was his you know, quarterback coach and had Stanford ties, understood some of the offense and the skills that Davis Mills had, and to see if they could get the top value out of third-round quarterback who then – subsequently wouldn't count so much to their cap space and they could address other things with those two first round picks later on it didn't work out that way davis mills and last season it regressed heavily uh, we could get into the statistic but you know <laughs> through both quarterbacks they scored six touchdowns for the other team mills through several pick sixes throughout the year his accuracy was off um, this was under a favorable situation with pep hamilton um who was let go and and, and along with the rest of the Texans, uh, most of the Texans coaching staff from last season, um, and they did less with more um, on the offense. And they averaged the fewest yards per drive in the NFL again. Uh, they had a lot of trouble getting the ball downfield, and it was, it was clear uh, to everyone by the end of the year that the Texans would be pursuing a quarterback and needed to do that. And that was really why it was pretty interesting to me that the past month or so there were a lot of conversations that – the Texans might pass up on a quarterback because they definitely needed one. So this is a scenario where the Texans picked up Case Keenum, a veteran quarterback, a journeyman uh, from the NFL in free agency. I expect him to be kind of in this 
a situation with Davis Mills to compete for a backup role. I mean, every quarter, every coach is going to say publicly uh, with a new rookie, they have to earn it. They yeah. have to come in and <laughs> get right. the job. But this is a scenario where you you drafted C.J. Stroud number two overall with the expectation for him to go into an offense. Bobby Slowick from the San Francisco 49ers, this is his first time as an offensive coordinator. Correct. He's building the system around the players that he has. And they went and got one here. So th- that's going to be part of this. They're building an offense around the talent they have, and C.J. Stroud is the uh, biggest asset they have so far for that. Just a couple more minutes here with Brooks Cabina, the Texans beat writer for the Houston Chronicle. and So they got the big 2-3 punch, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson. The Texans still got 10 picks, right? They still got 10 picks left. They got two tonight in the third round, no second rounders. Obviously forfeited those picks in the trades, but two in the third round. They still got another eight in rounds four through seven. If you had to gauge where they kind of take their aim tonight in the third round, where, where could they bolster their roster in rounds three and then the rest of the weekend? So they don't pick until pick 65 right. here, and the Texans are prone to trade under Nick Casario. That's pretty much his identity. They, they, they pack up on picks. They use their late rounds. They package them together, and they move up for better draft positioning. I expect the Texans to do that today. Um, you know, the past couple of years, uh, I think Casario has now executed eight draft draft day trades in three seasons with the Texans. Um, they, they've addressed their major needs at quarterback and defensive end. They have no clear starter at center, and they could use depth at linebacker and wide receiver. Now, one of the scenarios that happened by trading their number 33 overall pick is that they missed out on an opportunity that I thought they might use mm. um, if the wide receiver pool pushed back far enough, which it did. Jackson Smith and Jigba wasn't selected until pick number 20. If they hadn't traded up from 12 to 3, I'd have thought that maybe they might have tried to move up from 33 to get into that mix. What wide receivers are available for them to go from positioning? They still need to get um, uh, their center on the board. There's a couple uh, that could go in that second, third round range, perhaps if they like one uh, well enough. That's the kind of player they might move up for uh, because their offensive line is pretty, I mean, pretty dang solid uh, the rest of the way, other than uh, other than that center. You get Laramie Tomfelt left tackle, Titus Howard at right tackle, first round pick by them in 2019. Uh, they addressed their guard position um, in the draft last year with Kenyon Green and then traded for Shaq Mason in the offseason. So that would be a major thing for them. Um, so I would expect them, again, not to just be dormant and sitting there and, and waiting to, to draft at 65. I think they package some of these picks to, to move up again. And that's, that's, that's the identity that we've come to know right. about Casario and his personnel department in this era. Hey, Brooks, last one before I let you go. Uh, obviously, pictures were circulating uh, around the Internet this week. And to see the return of John Mechie, who's been cleared, he's uh, practicing and, or doing team activities. Uh, what's the story with John, and what should we expect with Mechie this upcoming season? It's one of, more, one of the more remarkable stories with the Texans right now. Um, I mean, last year, I remember we were talking to him, and, and he said that, because he was coming off an ACL tear, if you remember. Correct. And he was, yeah. I'm going to be back in July. I mean, he was so into being a part of the team and getting into football. And then in July was when the diagnosis came um, with with his battle with leukemia went throughout the year. And we saw him often throughout the season in the locker room at practices. And his presence was clear with the team. The, the teammates, the coaches, they always were just encouraged by where he was um, and, and how, how much energy he was showing to people and the positivity between that. So 
his return is so meaningful to both him and the team um, just off the field for one and on the field his presence is going to be very important of course because now drafting C.J. Stroud and not addressing the wide receiver position in the first round we'll see what they do with the rest of the draft like I said earlier they signed Robert Woods after trading Brandon Cooks right um, so now they have Nico Collins who's battled injuries John Mechie is in that mix to be part of the core. He was an inside-outside receiver at Alabama, a dynamic guy who could score frequently. Um, they need a lot of weapons downfield to attract attention from the defenses to open up the rest of it. And Matchy's a guy that can do that. I'm excited to see him for myself in practice to see where he's at with his speed, with his knee, with his health, all of that. Um, but it's a major, major addition for the Texans to have him. And I've heard uh, that he, he, our expectation should be that he's playing this year. So um, it, it, that's evident by him even practicing. So uh, a lot of good news with his return there. Brooks, I know that i got to let you go. It's been an exciting time over the last couple of days in Houston, but still more work uh, ahead for this Texans franchise. I know you're going to be covering it all. Ten picks over the next two days for the Houston Texans. We'll be following you at B Kubina, K-U-B-E-N-A on Twitter. He's Brooks Kubina, the Texans beat reporter for the Houston Chronicle. Appreciate the time, Brooks. Yeah, never a dull moment around here. Thanks. Anytime, Kirk. I <laughs> uh, appreciate you, man. Yeah, there's never a dull moment. The, the Houston Texans have completely changed how we view them uh, over the last couple of years. Finally, I think last night, we should say it, they got out of the cloud of the Deshaun Watson trade. Finally getting away from uh, sort of the cloud that he left, and now they move forward. C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, look forward to seeing what the Texans do for the rest of the weekend. Still more to get to here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, I got to still want to talk about a, a lot of things that we didn't get to yet. What this Will Levis, the smoke, was it true, was it not true? Will Levis spent the entire first round in the green room. Why is that? We'll discuss that next here on the Rich Eisen Show. Kirk Morrison here filling in for Rich. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed hey folks it's time for the nfl draft which means for me I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. 
improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Kirk Morrison here filling in for Rich. Um, as we kind of wrap up the NFL draft round number 1, as we get ready for rounds 2 and 3, the biggest surprise I think for a lot of people when you think about last night's first round was the Will Levis, the quarterback that many people would thought would be drafted in round one. Many people thought could be drafted number one overall, possibly didn't happen, but that number two, possibly likely and didn't happen as well. First of all, you can't always believe Vegas. Everybody ran to, oh, the Vegas odds. Oh, my God. Talk to Look your at mans what over Vegas there. is saying. Talk to your mans over I'm gonna there. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I, and this is not a shot on Reddit. <laughs> I I'm just I don't go on Reddit. I don't know what Reddit is. Yeah, I know stay had, off of there, Kirk. Trust I've had me. buddies of mine who send <laughs> me a uh, they send they send a link and then you tap the link and say, oh, to continue reading this story, go to the Reddit app or go on so far. I'm like, what is Reddit? I don't even know what Reddit is. So when I heard the story of Will Levis tells a family member that he's going to get picked um, by the Houston Texans at two, I believe, or some some rumor. Mm-hmm. That Reddit ran with it, <laughs> and then everybody start running to Vegas, I guess, or start going and dropping money on Will Levis, and it just seemed like there was just way too much smoke about Will Levis and him going in the top five, the top ten, and then all of a sudden you start to look at the way the draft was playing out, and everybody starts to play this game. Where is the team that could draft Will Levis? Once it got out of the top ten, you're like. I don't see a team right now that's going to draft Will Levis. And that fall continued, and it continued. And each time they kept showing the green room of him and I believe his girlfriend, his family, sister, all that stuff, you're just saying, here's the guy that's sort of – they always have that one player, right? It's always that one player who has to fall in the draft to give us the drama, the suspense of who's still in the green room. There were other players in the green room. Keon White was an outstanding player out of Georgia Tech. He'll be picked at some point today. Also, Brian Branch, outstanding cornerback slash safety from Alabama. He was also in the green room. But nobody cared about those guys. Everybody cared about Will Levis and the pictures that we kept seeing. And to his credit, Will Levis played it really cool. In a moment where a lot of people, you are on the stage. I mean, I've seen some cool tweets so far. One coming from probably one of the best tweeters out there currently right now is doing a great job is Sauce Gardner, who says, hey, God, don't make mistakes. Will, you're going to be great in this league. Don't worry. Like, that's that's cool that yeah. other people realize that don't let this moment define you. I know Geno Smith can be the poster boy for don't let being in the green room all night define who you were. I remember I asked Geno about that. You know, you only had one suit, huh? He was like, yeah, man, I only had one suit. He had to come and put a, a sweater on with a little with a, with a collar shirt coming out of it because that's all he brought with him. And yet here he is signing an outstanding big-time contract, made the Pro Bowl last year. So it won't this, this moment won't define Will Levis, but it's about how he reacts. It's about how he now goes out and competes when his name is called. I thought that was the most intriguing thing that I saw with the draft. Once my 
see uh, my Anthony Richardson pick number four by the Indianapolis Colts. As soon as I saw that, I was like, all right, I'm good. I just wanted to know where Richardson was going to go because he was such a prospect that I was just like, where would he go? And then it's like, okay, when's the next quarterback going? And so now we're in a situation where we get ready for picks in the second and third round. Is Will Levis even the first quarterback off the board when it comes to rounds two, three, four, five, six, and seven? Because Hendon Hooker also has been cleared by his uh, doctor that he'll be able to resume some activities and he'll be ready to go for the regular season. So he's still in rehab, but he can definitely be a part of a team's plans if they want to use him or kind of be in a situation where you're redshirting him. But this Will Levis thing is still, it's, 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 I kind of scratched my head because there was just so much smoke. And yet the, at the end of the day, there was nothing there for me, Brock. Yeah, I was um, pretty surprised. I mean, you heard all the rumors. Correct. The the I mean, Richard texted us, hot rumor in KC, Pat's trading up for I'm like, yeah, what, what is going on? Like, that would be insane. Um, it just seemed like uh, he wasn't a fit for a lot of these teams. A lot of the teams didn't need quarterbacks. Once, uh, once the initial guys went off the board, uh, the top three guys, you're like, well, none of these other teams need a quarterback. Yeah, need a quarterback or need a guy who can step in and start right away. They have, they have their starters in place. So, I know that I said that I was hoping to see a quarterback <laughs> fall for the drama, which we definitely got. Yeah, but you hate to see it. You ha- you hate to see, you know, a guy have to sit there and. He's looking at his phone. You can see they, they cut to the, the GM. They, took, they cut to the war rooms and the guys on the phone. And they cut back to Will Levis. He's not on the, on the phone. phone. You're like, all right, it's not him. He's going to be sitting for another 10 minutes. And then, you're, you know, I just can't imagine the anxiety and what it was like kind of sitting backstage there, just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting. And he said he's not coming back tonight. Uh, Will Levis, there's a report mm. that he's not going to – he's not staying in Kansas City, so he's going to go back home. And – um and just wait it out, and I hope he doesn't have to wait very long, but who knows? Yeah. I mean, we're going to get to uh, what's more likely in just a couple minutes. We get uh, all your takes on what, what's more likely to happen, but do you think that he kind of overplayed himself by doing some of his things on social media? I mean, the eating of the banana with the peel, the mayonnaise and the coffee, uh, a couple of pictures that of him you know, showing off the abs and doing all that. It's kind of it was different. I mean, I want my quarterbacks to be a little more reserved, mm-hmm. not as flamboyant. I want my guys to always seem professional. Do you think that kind of may have rubbed teams the wrong way? Or is it really about his football that he is just not what maybe some people had him rated as? Maybe a little bit overhyped, TJ. What do you think? I mean, he did, he did some weird things. I guess that, that – Tells about his personality, no, right? But he threw a lot of interceptions in college. Uh, he was much better in 2021 than he was in 2022. Correct. Um, he had to transfer out of Penn State to get a chance to play <laughs> at Kentucky. I mean, that's obviously a step down going from Penn State to Kentucky. All due respect. Wow. And so to the SEC. Well, SEC. Lower level SEC. Kentucky's lower level SEC. Ooh, okay. Penn SEC people gonna come at you, man. Ooh, hey, hey. Brockman just, said that, <laughs> not me. I am not agreeing with Brockman on that just one. Come at it. <laughs> no, so we know how, how deeply these teams they dig, right? They dig through every facet right. of, a, a, of these players' lives. They go through 
I'm sure everything that they've ever tweeted. And it's so weird, you know, us of a certain age who didn't have this social media to think that something that you tweet out when you're 14 can come back to bite you. But we've seen it happen, you know, throughout the years. And they, every injury that you ever have, every they're probably talking to your coaches, your friends, your, you know, friends of friends. And so they're they're really going through everything in, in your background with a fine tooth comb. So you never know, like. To me, was eating a banana with a pill on, was that weird? Sure, but that's that wouldn't stop me from drafting a person, you know what I mean? So there's got to be – but maybe, Kirk, I, we, we don't know what these guys are looking for. So maybe those are little red flags to some of these teams. Well, I'll tell you this. The funniest thing I did see of the night, the funniest thing I did see was that the uh, Washington Commanders were on the clock at pick 16. They drafted – cornerback from Mississippi State, Emmanuel Forbes. Okay. And so it's like, hey, Emmanuel Forbes, he's about, what, six foot, 165 pounds, and and then they're about to run the video. And he was like, oh, he's a pick six waiting to happen, meaning he's, you know, he likes to pick the ball. <laughs> the first highlight for Emmanuel <laughs> Forbes is Will Levis throwing a pick six. <laughs> I'm saying, well, there it is. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, you talk about having a bad drove of draft profile video. It's more for the other guy. Will Levis throwing a pick six. Emmanuel Forrest picks him off, takes him to the house. So I thought that was funny, man. man that was, I, that did, was, I did not notice that, but that is hilarious. <laughs> that was, that was, I was like, uh, wow, that's, uh, that's Will Levis throwing a pick six. We don't, we don't talk about that part of his draft highlight. But Levis, all right, enough man. of Will Levis. We'll find out where he goes tonight. I Will also Levis will be know, fine, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know what's actually what's more likely. Let's do it. Right. What's more likely? Hit it. What? What's more likely? Never say never, but never. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? What up, Everybody good? What up, what it's Friday. It's Friday. Friday. Let's do this. What's more likely? Let's get right to it. Uh, top drafted quarterback. More likely to win more games in 2023. Bryce Young or CJ Stroud? Ooh, I'm going to go with Bryce Young. I mean, I think that's a little bit... A little easier. I look at the division that he's in, though, the NFC South. Are you excited about the NFC South right now? I mean, Derek Carr enters, you know, the the conversation now with the New Orleans Saints, but the Tempe Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield, how excited are you about where they're going? You're assuming Baker wins the job. Correct, if he wins the job. Then you got B. John Robinson. He now, you know, joins Kyle Pitts and Drake London with, uh, you know, Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. I look at Adam Thielen, who now joins in Carolina. Carolina's got a pretty good offensive line. I think the way Frank Reich does it. Now, we're talking about who wins more games. I mean, are we talking five games versus four games? You know what I mean? Like, wins or wins. Wins or wins, right. <laughs> um, I don't think it's going to be a ton of wins, but I think that Carolina may have the edge on this one. Carolina, TJ, what do you think? Stroud or Young next year? You know... <laughs> we talk about pillars, right? And, and earlier you mentioned pillars, and I was thinking about this because now Houston has definitely. In the beginning of the show, you said you wonder how Texans fans feel. I'm telling yeah. you, they're feeling ecstatic right now, right? Yeah. They've got, you know, they say you need what four pillars to hold a, a structure up. Or, yes. Well, they've got two of those pillars, and I'm thinking, man, Houston has to be really happy because what Will Anderson does on the other side of the ball is going to affect what C.J. Stroud does and that's going to help him win games I, I think the Texans Oh, mm. okay. Hey guys, breaking news we just got some breaking news 
Lamar Jackson signed with the Ravens. You guys hear that yesterday? Yes, I did. I heard that. Good for him. These two teams played maybe the best football game of last year, so I'm looking at who's more likely to have the better offense next year. Okay, so Ravens got Lamar back. Mm -hmm. We know they got good running backs. Uh, Odell, they drafted Zay Mm -hmm. Flowers last night. How about Ravens or Dolphins to have the better offense in 2023? Ravens or Dolphins? They played that exciting game last year, but we know the Dolphins with Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. They got a great running game. Mm-hmm. Tua went healthy. It was pretty awesome last year. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Ravens. I think the Ravens will be better offensively. Um, I think Miami will have the bigger plays. Like They'll have more splash plays, but overall, I think the Ravens will have the better offense. They're more complete offensively. They've got multiple running backs. Then you throw in the actual quarterback who can play running back as well. Mark Andrews, they don't Miami doesn't have that. And then the complement of receivers, like you mentioned, I thought it was funny that Lamar Jackson got his contract, but also got his flowers as well. Right? And Zay Flowers. So I think I'm gonna go with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens having a better offense than the Miami Dolphins. All right, next, uh, big moment in my house yesterday's pick number eight. <laughs> Falcons take B. John Robinson. I think yeah. Sarah started crying. Uh, <laughs> it was it was pretty emotional. She was just very happy that they did something fun and exciting, taking uh, arguably one, arguably the best back and yes. maybe a top five player in the draft. Which of these first-round running backs gets 1,000 yards next year, Bijan or Jameer Gibbs in Detroit? Um, I, I'm going to go Neither. Neither get a thousand. Neither get a thousand. That's not the game. I know it's not the game. I gotta throw the <laughs> caveat in there. I think neither gets a thousand yards. Jameer Gibbs is not a type that that type of running back. Jameer Gibbs is more of a gadget mismatch kind of guy. He had forty three receptions or forty two receptions at Alabama last year. That means that he's going to be a threat in the backfield, out of the backfield. I think he's going to be more about the passing game and rushing. Bijan Robinson, to answer the question, will probably be more likely to get a thousand yards, but I think there may be a back later on that gets drafted that could be the bell cow and begin. Remember last year, Ken Walker wasn't the starter early on right. with the Seattle Seahawks, but the injury, next thing you know, he's right in and he almost eclipsed a thousand yards. Brees Hall could have been that way last year. Mm-hmm. So I think that there may be a back or two that we may see get drafted that can eclipse a thousand yards. Remember Damian Pierce? We're talking Texans. Think how good he was last year. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Bijan more likely. But if it's both both of them, I think there may be somebody else who will get the opportunity for their football team. How about this one? I know the Cardinals ended up uh, not uh, getting a top five pick. They ended up trading out, but they did have originally a top five pick. So who's more likely to not pick in the top five again next year? Cardinals or Colts? Mm-hmm. Colts. I think the Colts don't pick in the top five next year. I think they get it. They're a good team. I mean, Jonathan Taylor has enough uh, wide receivers. You got to think, you know, I, you know Pittman, those guys. I, I think that they have enough off the offensive line. We could talk about those guys up front, you know, Kelly and um, uh, the, the left guard. I, forget, I can't think of his name right now. But Quentin Nelson. Yeah, Quentin Nelson. Nelson. There we go. So I think I, think I be out of show on my mind for some reason. But. The Cowboys offense line. Don't even talk about that. Anyway, the opposite hey. side of, yeah, I just don't see it. I, I, I see the Colts draft, I mean, not drafting in the top five next year. Cardinals, we still don't know who's playing quarterback week one. Do we know? I mean, Kyler Murray's. they're, they're trying be. to put him in for week one, but oh, I don't see him playing right? until half the season. So do you believe in Colt McCoy 
And then what happens with DeAndre Hopkins? There's still a possibility he could be traded defensively. Oof, they need a lot of pieces. I shouldn't have watched the Hard Knocks in-season episode last year of the uh, Arizona Cardinals. There's a lot of holes that that team needs to be fixed. And I think they're also building up through the draft. So I see that them picking in the top five more likely than the the uh, Indianapolis Colts. All right, round two tonight, guys. We talked yes. a lot about how Will Levis or Hendon Hooker. Uh, quarterback still available. Who's more likely to hear their name first tonight, Will Levis or Hendon Hooker? I'm going Hendon Hooker. I think that Hendon Hooker is, for a lot of teams, you're able to draft him in the second round because you don't need him to play immediately. Hendon Hooker is a guy that you can kind of rest a little bit, let him heal all the way up, let him learn the system, and then allow him to go out there and play. I think the Rams right there at pick 36 could be a nice little spot. You can, you don't want to waste that pick, and I think in the first round because you're trying to get an immediate starter, an immediate impact player. Hendon Hooker won't be that for at least a full season after he recovers from this ACL injury. So I think Hendon Hooker goes before Will Levis. All right, a couple NBA ones real quick. Uh, TJ, if you want to chime in on these. Team down 3-2. Who's most likely to win a road game tonight and force game seven? Mm. Kings or Grizzlies? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, why not both? Why not both? That's I think, not the question. The, I know, but I feel like both of these teams are getting the dub. Wow. You do, really? You do? I, I do. I feel like it's answer my own question it i said like, yesterday i feel it's going to go seven both series feels like grizzlies more likely i feel like grizzlies are more likely grizzlies are more likely that chase center that's, that's it's a special place when steph hits one or two of those threes that place erupts and all of a sudden you're looking at De'Aaron fox you're looking at harrison barnes their eyes start getting real real big well harrison barnes has been there his, his eyes won't get that big. yeah i'm just saying look they took care of business the last time the warriors did Instead of Steph calling timeout, that would have that was a much closer game than it should have been down the stretch. And then lastly, uh, man, Sixers Celtics is until Monday. That's a nice break for everybody, especially us. Uh, top remaining seed on each side. Who's most likely to get upset in round two? Nuggets or Celtics? Whew. I think it's the Nuggets. I'm just not all. I'm not in. I'm not into the whole regular season stuff. I think the Nuggets are more like because the Nuggets are the number one seed because they had a great team the whole season. The Suns have really been together for what, three months, two months with not, Kevin Durant? Not, not, even, not even. Kevin Durant so didn't even play for 20 games. We're basing the one seed off of a full season, but yet this Suns team has only been created literally a couple of months. I'm going to go with the Denver Nuggets being the team most likely to be upset as a one seed. TJ, you going to pick this one with your head or your heart? <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick this one with my head. Look, in the 2000 draft, and Brockman hates when I say this, but it's the fact. The Sixers, by trading to get the number one pick and passing on what to me was clearly the best player in the draft, Jason Tatum, I said this is a move that is going to haunt this franchise for the next 20, 25 years. The fact that the Sixers have to go through Jason Tatum seemingly every year and he beats us tells me that you can't recover Kirk from passing up Jason Tatum therefore the Sixers are gonna lose to the Celtics again just because they made one of the by the way in a long history of blunders <laughs> this was the latest one and yeah just 
passing him up has cursed this this franchise. We're not going to be able to beat Boston. So uh, I'll say the Nuggets are more likely to get upset. There you go. What's more likely, everybody? And it's frustrating, man. Enjoy yeah. the weekend. You know, TJ, I'm sorry. It's frustrating. <laughs> I'm sorry. You need a hug? No, I don't, man. All right. I mean, you gave me 20 bucks. That was good enough. <laughs> yeah. Really? Congratulations. Oh, fella, you missed it. Yeah, wow. you gave me my money. TJ, for all the people out there listening, uh, Brockman paid up on the bet from last year's uh, NFL draft. Yes. Uh, he paid $20 to yeah. TJ. Straight Mr. cash Jefferson, Who uh, actually had Brockman sign it. Well, not yet. He did. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I thought you signed sign. it. All right, we're going to sign it. If we ever get Kenny Pickett in here, <laughs> what made you finally Kenny, pay? two gloves. I don't know, actually. They kind of sprung it at the end of the segment yesterday, yeah. and uh-huh. I, I just happened to have it in my wallet. Kenny, two gloves. You know, Venmo and Zelle, those things. He didn't want it. He wanted cash. <laughs> oh, you want a straight cash? Yeah, I mean, you know. Because, yeah. well, you know, the way the Bitcoin thing went down, you know, and all this virtual money, I can't touch or feel. Pay that man his money. Yeah. You got paid. It's right here. I'm Put it in the frame, though, and, and then never spend it. Oh, man. Uh, day two of the NFL draft, second and third round is tonight. We had Rich on a little bit earlier. I know he's looking forward to it. But for all those people out there who are listening right now, watching, the second and third round may be better than the first round. And you don't have to go too far in terms of a couple drafts ago for that to be a fact. We'll tell you more about that coming up next here on the Rich Eisen Show. Kirk Morrison here filling in for Rich. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Kirk Morrison here filling in for Rich. I'm excited about day two of the NFL draft. It's the second and third round um, for the draft. For me, I was a third round pick, pick number 78. So I always have an affinity for watching that second, third round because there's some outstanding players who go in the second round and actually make more of a career than sometimes the first rounders. And so we were kind of doing an exercise before the show of thinking about you know, second round draft picks, what could they be? And for me, I'm always about rewinding to three seasons ago. Three seasons ago was a 2020 NFL draft. And so with a lot of the first round picks come next Tuesday, the fifth year option has to be exercised. That to me tells me if a team got it right or they got it wrong. Case in point, Daniel Jones was not awarded his fifth year option because the Giants didn't know what they had. Well, he went out played well, ended up getting a new contract. So they were just kind of on the fence. There's a lot of guys that won't get that contract uh, extended for their fifth-year option on Tuesday, but that was more about the first-rounders. I want to go back to that 2020 draft, fellas, just to look at some of the names 
in the 2020 draft in the second round that get may get people excited about watching the NFL draft tonight because in 2020, I want you to think about this. I'll give you a couple of names for the first round in 2020 and then think about how loaded the second round of that 2020 NFL draft was. In the first round, obviously, names like Joe Burrow and Chase Young, Justin Herbert, Tua Tagovailoa. You can throw in Tristan Wirfs, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson. Uh, Jalen Rager was a name. Obviously, a couple guys on some different teams already. But here's the second round. The second round of the 2020 NFL draft. Just a couple names for it. T. Higgins, wide receiver, Cincinnati. Michael Pittman, wide receiver, Indianapolis Colts. DeAndre Swift. Uh, Xavier McKinney, the safety for the Giants. Kyle Duggar starting safety for the New England Patriots. I know you like that one. Uh, Brock Jonathan Taylor, running back, Indianapolis Colts. Antoine Winfield Jr. won a Super Bowl his rookie year. Now the outstanding safety and starter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Grant Delpit was a, is a starter. Daryl Taylor was pick number forty-eight. Daryl Taylor, yes, leads the Seattle Seahawks in sacks last year. Their team leader. Trayvon Diggs, I've heard that guy before. Yeah, He's a cornerback. That's my guy. These are all second-round draft picks of so just a couple seasons ago. The highlight of that draft class, pick you mean besides Trayvon Diggs? Huh? Besides Trayvon Diggs? Yeah, besides Trayvon oh, okay, Diggs. Gotcha. Uh, the, well, he was the highest paid or the, you know, the biggest contract in NFL history okay. for about 10 minutes. But Jalen Hurts, who was at pick 53. Uh, A.J. Epinesa, J.K. Dobbins, also second-round picks. Van Jefferson with the Rams, Christian Folden, A.J. Dillon, the running back uh, for the Green Bay Packers. Jeremy Chin was pick 64. Oh, was the defensive player of the year. Should have been defensive player of the year. I know they gave it to Chase Young and all that, but it was Jeremy Chin, man. Jeremy Chin was that dude. So I bring that up because the second round tonight and third round of the NFL draft are going to have some outstanding players to look forward to seeing. Just fast forward to last year. Think about some of these names that were picked in the second round just last year, a season ago. Uh, remember George Pickens. <laughs> and look at what he kind of came out out of the blue in the first round for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Christian Watson, how did he come on in the second half for Green Bay? And then quarterback Aaron Rodgers looking for him to take a big leap. Brees Hall was actually the offensive player of the year at the halfway point for rookies. Yet an injury kind of derailed that for him. But Jalen Petrie is a starter for the Houston Texans. Kyler Gordon's a starter with the Chicago Bears. Ken Walker was outstanding. We just were talking Ken Walker a little bit. Second round pick monster. last year, having a monster year. Josh Pascal, Jaquan Brisker, starting safety for the Chicago Bears. Tyquan Thornton. Are we on the fence still about Tyquan Thornton? I think he can play. He can play, but second round pick yep. for the New England Patriots. Um, a guy who was a big, big part for the Kansas City Chiefs, especially in the playoffs, Sky Moore, second-round pick, uh, outstanding player. Whew, I'm just going through all this list of guys, and I'm saying Drake Jackson, Brian Cook, James Cook, the running back with the Buffalo Bills. So that's why I'm going to tune in to this second round because there's a lot of talent that's still there. You may not be the first-round guy, but second- and third-round guys – Definitely get an opportunity. You're going in to start. You're going in to play. And that's what these this part of the draft really feels like, that you may not remember the name, but all of a sudden you're watching, hey, man, this guy's pretty good. Oh, I didn't expect us to have him start. Oh, look at where he's become. 
That's what the NFL is all about. Some of the names, the influx of talent. I'm looking forward to seeing it tonight and in the third round to get in, but then also trying to balance watching the NBA and all the <laughs> fans at Chase Center. Right? Steph Curry telling people, make sure you have those butts in those seats. Have you been Have you been in San Francisco about 5 o'clock trying to get to the Chase Center? It is not going to be easy. Hopefully that place is packed. I know it'll be packed, but maybe more around 6 o'clock than mm. 5 o'clock local time <laughs> because of all the traffic. But it'll be uh, interesting to see how that game looks and then who will be watching the draft. I'll be watching both.